<clears throat> we are back. It is through Wallace and BLP. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, Tyler Starkey with us. It is NBA free agency, frenzy, and Stark. Give me a round ball rock real quick. Mike, I am I am so happy to be here. There's literally nothing that gets my rocks off like the NBA offseason. So God, this is our <laughs> this is our Christmas. Yeah. This is this is our Christmas. Um so obviously it's a little different this year with the offseason scheduling and everything like that. The draft just happened on Wednesday Wednesday. Yeah. It's now Friday. So draft <laughs> Wednesday, free agency starts Friday, season starts in a month. So everything's Hot going heavy. crazy. Yeah. Everything's going crazy. I love it. Uh, it is 6.40. Free agency started at 6 p.m. We've got two signings so far. We've got Wesley Matthews to the Lakers and Goran Dragic to the same with the Heat. Um, real quick, thoughts on those two moves? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think they're smart moves, obviously. You, know, you can never put too much shooting around LeBron um, as far as Wesley Matthews is concerned. Um, and then, obviously, Dragic was a big part of that Heat run. So, yeah, I mean, obviously those two smart moves. Off the rip. Yeah. Yeah, and we were talking before we went live here. We were assuming that everything Miami is doing is going to be a two-year player option in the second deal because until Giannis signs that Supermax, I'm sure they are all in on him. Yeah, trying to keep it in play, obviously. You know, team option, whether, you know, use it or not. Don't blame them one bit. No. But – where do you want to start? You want to start with a little draft recap, or you want to get right into free agency and work our way back to the draft? We can go. We can start either way. I'm good with whatever you're feeling. All right, let's let's do a little draft talk. Um, obviously, Anthony Edwards was the first overall pick to the Timberwolves. James Wiseman was two, and Lamelo Ball three. I mean, kind of fit team needs there. Uh, who do? You, who did you have as the best available player going into the draft and how do you, did you see it play out? Like, I, I mean, I didn't think Anthony Edwards was the best player in the draft, but I felt like that was just what Minnesota needed. Yeah, no, I mean, as far as fit is concerned, I mean, he's obviously a freak athlete. Yeah. Um, and as someone that has the potential to be, you know, somewhat of a defensive, you know, stopper just physically, um, he obviously has that. And that's obviously something they kind of need next to, um, you know, cat and their their core. Um, I like Lamelo a ton just because I don't think you can teach that size and the way he moves and can pass the ball and see the court. And obviously, he's got fantastic ball handling. Obviously, you need to work on the jumper and just put a semblance of effort in on defense. But you know, that was you know, that's a guy I'm really looking forward to watching out in Charlotte. But you know, I, I mean, the top the top three pretty much go as expected, and it's kind of how it's been for the past six months as far as you know. NBA draft Twitter is concerned. Yeah, I mean, I think Lamelo is probably the best available guy there, but it would have been tough for Minnesota to take him and slide him in with D'Lo uh, just to completely fuck his confidence again. I mean, get replaced yeah, by a ball brother again. Would have been hilarious. Been but and again, like, it's also like he's not going to develop the same if he doesn't get to just you know, work through his mistakes and really had the ball in his hands. And that's, you know, potentially what he's best at is, you know, 
giving him that like Trey Young, just take it and we're going to go through our growing pains with you kind of thing. And so, I mean, he's probably the best spot for him as far as Charlotte's concerned. Yeah. The Pat and Williams, one the, of those little, the, not that it was a surprise, the Pat Williams at four. But, I mean, obviously there was some smoke coming into the draft that that was going to happen, but I still was kind of surprised he went that high. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest, the first time I heard of Pat Williams was when he got drafted number four. <laughs> and, and I'm a big college basketball – I mean, like, you know I'm a big – follower of basketball and things like that and I had just nothing on this guy when he got taken forward by the Bulls I was kind of blindsided didn't make sense to me no and it's almost like if you're going to go back and think about like the like the Deion Waiters being the sixth man at Syracuse coming off the bench and getting drafted by the Cavs but um you know I one of the guys so me and my buddy Joe we're you know obviously like big Cavs guys and so we're looking for any type of wing possible and so that was a guy I kind of looked at but at no point in the process that I think he was going you know top 10 and then as the weeks grew closer it was like dude's rising and rising and rising and all of a sudden it's him at four which is crazy but I mean obviously if you can maximize yeah. his potential and you're confident that he's going to hit it I mean, he's a freaking body I mean, the kid looks strong looks you know it's kind of built like OG kind of Ananobi and <clears throat> that's obviously what you need in this league right now as far as being a wing dominant league yeah, I mean, you need long, athletic, strong wings that can have some semblance of a shot that can, you can hope to develop it. But, yeah, uh, and then after that, your Cavs, they took Okoro from Auburn. Um, guy that kind of had a good year, but I think was really, everybody was kind of saying, like, the postseason will be, like, his time to shine, and obviously that got cut short. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on him as the number five pick and what you th- see him kind of becoming yeah I mean as far as I'm concerned I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it it's been uh, too long since we've had a wing that's young and developmental it's not Jetty Osmond. um but again he's a freak athlete he's gonna come in with you know you know potentially um you know market smart potential on defense as far as being just like that thick body maybe he's not the tallest guy but <clears throat> you know, strong, quick, you know, can stay with one through four. Um, you know, he, as you see in some of his draft highlights, a lot of it's, you know, he can move with those quick little guards, but also, you know, body up somebody and, you know, shut somebody's water off for a lack of a better term. But so I'm excited about that. Obviously he's got to kind of work on his handle and playing in the pick and roll and as well as, you know, crisping up that jumper, but I'm excited and it'll be something to at least give me, give me some hope to watch this year. You know, obviously he'll probably fill that three role for the Cavs and uh, you know, really just give us someone that looks like a, an NBA player out there for once. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to come back to your Cavs and their kind of future uh, prospects because you were texting me all hopped up on caffeine about what you, what you're hoping for in the future. So we're going to get back to that, but uh, outside of the top four or five, I mean, our boy Obi Toppin got drafted eight to the Knicks and Mm -hmm. all 19 of their forwards. So, what what do you think about him going to the next? I mean, I think he's going to succeed wherever he goes. It's just a matter of, you know, you wish he wasn't. I mean, as a fan of his and seeing what the Knicks have been for the past ever, you don't want to see it because it's just kind of like where young players go to like blossom a little bit and then get stunted and then they kind of become kind of journeymen type things. So what, do you, what are your 
thoughts on what his career can be and how good he can be with the Knicks. I I actually, I mean, granted, I understand that they have like, you know, again, 15 power forwards, but I don't think it's a terrible fit as far as putting him next to potentially Mitchell Robinson. He can kind of cover up some of his defensive like shortcomings, um, you know, letting him really do his thing offensively. Um, you know, obviously as far as, you know, I don't think RJ Barrett was great last year. Um, but I mean, if you could get him, if you could get them like a Fred Van Fleet in free agency or someone that's going to come in there and run the team, like an, like an adult, I guess, um, you know, I think that would really help yeah. get his career off to like a real hot start. You know, he potentially could walk in, you know, granted, as long as he yeah. gets playing time and be the rookie of the year, just from a physical, like ready to go standpoint, but all that's going to come down to what kind of moves the Knicks make and, you know, really what they emphasize as far as this year is concerned. Right. And I think the combination of RJ and Obi can be a good, like, 2 2 A for a team. But like you said, they just need to get, like, a proven vet in there that can kind of take the load off them. Cause I don't think either of them are going to be, you know, a volume scorer or a friend, like a guy that you're going to count on to get 25 a night. I think they just need somebody to kind of come in and, uh, and kind of, you know, manage the load and lead the team a little bit. But I like I like the future for Obi. I hope the Knicks with their new hold on. Got the dog barking. Give me a second. I accidentally muted you, so unmute yourself. There you go. Yeah. No, but um, picking up where we left off there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Obi, hometown guy going to the Knicks. That's awesome. Love that story. He seems like he's going to take that responsibility pretty well and, like, want to prove himself and do well for his hometown team. So love that. Um, any kind of other draft trade? I mean, there's a lot of trades. I feel like the Pistons made 25 trades. Um, Who did you like? Because I actually like the Pistons draft. I like the Pistons draft, but I feel like they didn't really draft that much. I felt like they did more like wheeling and dealing behind the scenes. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, they got Sadiq Bay in the trade, right? He's going. I think he did move. I mean, that team obviously could end up being pretty long as far as you know, one through five. I mean, well, obviously you're probably playing Blake at the five if you're going to get like Sekou Demboy out there. If you're going to get Sadiq Bay out there, but. I mean, that team, I mean, as far as Troy Weaver coming in and just kind of trying to start something fresh, I don't hate the way – or I don't really hate what he did out there. Yeah, I mean, he, it's kind of like a whole new front office just kind of trying to put their mark on it. And I like I liked the Sadiq Bay pick. I mean, yeah. he was – me and you have talked about how he's probably one of our favorite players in the draft just because of his maturity, his p- potential, and you know, coming from a winning program in Villanova is always nice. Those guys, Villanova guys in the league always seem to succeed in some way. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he can shoot. Uh He's big. I mean, that's, let's, obviously, it's again where the NBA is going. I mean, even Killian Hayes is what, like 6'5? That's a big guard. You know, and obviously he has, you know, playing in a different league, but, you know, he has good defensive stats. You really could end up having a team, you know, across the board that's going to go out there and compete. And uh, what's his face? The center they drafted as well as Long, whose name I can't think of the second. 
Um, fuck, what's his name? But yeah, I mean, I like what they did because they're basically saying, you know, Blake is going to be our franchise guy. We're going to get these young guys in that are kind of going to come in and learn and grow with him. And I think Blake is kind of like a, a good franchise cornerstone to kind of build your team around and be like that guy that can kind of bring the young guys with him as they like start to progress and things they like that. kind of that bridge guy that, you know, shows them how to play basketball the right way. And Isaiah Stewart is who I was trying to think of. Yes. The guy from Washington. Yeah. Again, just another dude that's supposed to be long and, you know, professional and that, you know, a lot of length and, you know, motor. So, you know, those are all things you kind of need to compete if you're going to be a tough team, especially in a small market where you're not getting anybody else. So. Yeah, they're not going to be. What'd you say? I was gonna say? Is there any other teams you really like what they did in the draft? I mean, I liked what the Sixers did, being yeah. you know the homer pick, but uh, I like what they did before the draft, unloading the Al Horford contract, which was That's awesome. Huge. Yeah, it's uh, huge for a lot less than what I thought we were like. I thought we were going to have to give up a lot more with him, but really, mm-hmm. I mean, you get back Terrence Ferguson who has just been kind of a defensive stopper and nobody's really tried to develop his jumper. And then Danny Green, who's a proven sniper. I mean, which is what this team needs. They need shooters around their two superstars. And then the trade for Seth Curry with Josh Richardson. I mean, you're basically just kind of calling that a wash and just being like, we fucked up getting rid of Jimmy. Josh was good, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, and then Tyrese Maxey is a great pick at where they got him. I mean, athletic freak. Needs to work on his jumper a little bit, but he's going to be a guy that competes and is long and strong and athletic. And I mean, we were texting today. I think the Sixers are going to be one of the top defensive teams in the league just because of how long, athletic, and just rangy they are. They mean, I mean, they might give up 100 points a game for the season, which would be ridiculous. <laughs> They, again, like they're just at their best when they're just surrounded Ben and JoJo with fucking shooters. So I mean, like you know, to go back to that formula, like kind of their winning formula, put some shooting on the bench as well, potentially with Maxi as far as you know, getting him growing and acclimated, and <clears throat> you know, it's kind of the things you needed to do to take that step to kind of uh, fix what Elton Brand had done last off season. Yeah, it's nice to have an adult in the in the front office that knows what he's doing in Daryl Morey. Just basically just coming in and saying, hey, thanks for keeping my seat warm, but what you did was terrible. Let me get in here and, and figure this out. You know but, who um, uh, else I like what they did? Kind of like what Dallas did, speaking of that trade. I mean, kind of putting some defenders, yeah. with, you know, potential. And, well, I mean, obviously Richardson's, you know, ready to go, but other, you know, other guys, Josh Green's ready to go out there and then potentially grow next to Luca and <clears> – <throat> Obviously, again, Tyrell Terry later, which is another guy that kind of, you know, could fill that Seth Curry role potentially once he kind of, you know, develops his body a little bit more. So, I mean, kind of really like what they did as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like what Dallas did too. And I think kind of an underrated thing that happened after the draft with them is Tim Hardaway picking up his player option because that puts him in play for like a sign and trade. And I saw some rumblings that they might be into like going after Danilo with OKC Mm -hmm. with a sign and trade for him which would be genius move. I mean, a stretch forward with shooting around Porzingis and Luca again. Yeah, you can Love never it. have too much shooting in this league. 
No, no, especially where it's going now. But um, who did you not like? Like who's who do you think drafted the worst? Hmm. Or like didn't like could had more potential, and you just kind of like what are they kind of doing? Like had some uh, niche picks or something like that. The Suns, dude. I, I just I don't understand that. I mean, I I think Jalen Smith is going to be solid. I mean, just he looks, you know, he's got that body. He's got looks like he has nice touch and jumper, like is compact. <clears throat> but again, just you know, I just felt like with Halliburton on the table still and. You know, also uh, Devin Vassell on the board. I thought those would have been nice complimentary picks to kind of round out their bench and either, you know, learn from Chris Paul, but also kind of giving, you know, the focus on the wings and continuing to go with that. Yeah, I, I, I think the Jalen Smith pick was kind of head scratching. Yeah. I mean, especially with already having DeAndre Ayton. Like to man your paint, I feel like that's kind of just going to clog some things up because DeAndre can kind of stretch the floor a little bit, but Jalen's ability to stretch the floor is suspect at this point in his career. So unless you're drafting him to be a pure backup to Aiton, which I don't get at that high a pick. Not at 10. Yeah, and I like what they did in the bubble, and they were playing Cam Johnson at the four, and he was really spreading the floor for him, and it seemed like they found a lot of success that way. So I thought that was kind of strange if they're going to play them both at the same time. Like, I understand, like, what he could be, but at the same time, it's just thought there's better ways to approach your roster building. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anybody else, any kind of, like, sleepers that you liked? I mean, I thought RJ Hampton falling as far as he did was kind of a steal. Has he, maybe he yeah, I mean, he's going to go to a good situation in Denver to, you know, really kind of build, and they're going to yeah. give him the time he needs to grow. Um. Shoot, what are yeah, I mean, Denver quietly is like killing, like the drafting and stashing, and just being like, "Hey, like we're gonna take these guys that are maybe you know a year or two away, and just let them kind of grow in our system and yeah, throw them out there when they can." I mean, then... Michael Porter Jr. Pull up. Uh... All right, so real quick, wrapping up draft stuff. Um, anything else? Anything? I mean, this was kind of a top-heavy group, a lot of, I feel like, role players and guys that are going to be in the in the league for a while but aren't going to be maybe superstars, maybe just guys that are going to make some all-star teams but not going to be, you know, franchise-type guys. Yeah, uh, and if you can find role players in a draft, I mean, that's still a strong draft. I mean, it's, you know, obviously everyone thinks it's like, it's got to be a great draft, there's stars in it, but it's like a real strong draft, Scott, you know, a couple starters throughout you know if you're finding like eight to ten starters in a draft like that's actually pretty insane so <clears throat> yeah yeah and i think especially nowadays with the amount of talent in basketball in the nba in college and overseas you're really focusing on getting guys that can come off the bench or guys that can be on your team for a while and make a difference uh maybe not in the biggest way because i mean the once-in-a-lifetime talents are few and far between. You're going to get one of those guys maybe every three or four years. I mean, you're going to get a Zion once in every three years. You're going to get a LeBron once in every five years, something like that. So you really need to be able to find guys that are going to get on your team, stick, and you know make a difference, whether it be on the defensive end shooting or anything like that. But I think that's where like the draft process is going nowadays, but – and then again, there's there was good fits throughout. I mean, you know, as far as like 
Denny after you to the, the uh, Wizards. Like, you know, they're going to find guys that are going to be successful in different roles. And, you know, for that, I don't think, you know, it's going to be kind of a strong draft throughout if you can at least find just, you know, high-level rotation players. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, that, that wraps up some draft talk. Let's get into some free agency stuff here. Uh, like we said at the top, a couple of signings off the top, off the when we came on. And then we just had two centers go to the Pistons in Jaleel Okafor and Mason Plumley. So that basically means Christian Wood is leaving the Motor City. Um, he's maybe not one of the top free agents available, but a guy that's going to make a difference on some team. He's going to be a solid contributor, role player, you know, just a, a plug and play guy that's going to succeed anywhere. Where? Would you see him going now that Detroit's not an option? Where do you think he would succeed most? Yeah, I'm not really sure where he's going to go now because, you know, in my mind, I thought that's why they made the Andre Drummond trade because I thought, you know, they were trying to make room for him to see where he can grow. And it really kind of seemed like, you know, that was in an effort to get him playing time and develop. And they kind of really saw the flashes they liked. So I thought they'd pay him, you know, whatever amount it would take to keep him there. Um, again, there's not a ton of cap space in the NBA right now. So that was kind of a surprising move for me to see two centers go off the board quick to them. Yeah. And not the centers you would expect to be like early free agency signings. I wouldn't have expected Mason Plumley to be one of the first signings in uh, this free agency. But let's talk about one of the trades that was supposed to happen but didn't in Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, he was supposed to go to Milwaukee. They did a sign-and-trade for him, and then he came out and was like, uh, no, thank you. Uh, I never wanted to do that. That's not what I want. So he immediately becomes one of the top four or five free, agencies, free agents out there. Where do you see him being a good fit, and who do you think is going to give him the most chase? Because he's a – Six, eight, six, seven shooting guard. Great stroke. Very athletic. Um, I mean. Can handle the ball. Yeah, it looked like based off of Twitter that he was kind of getting a big, you know, big look from the Hawks, which I actually don't think is a bad fit for him Um, as far as someone that can kind of, you know, take some playmaking ability or, you know, time from Trey Young to get, can give him a break a little bit, maybe play him off the ball, kind of that Steph Curry role where you can kind of, move around, relocate, get some shots off. Um, you know, I don't think that's a bad fit for him. I would have really liked that fit in Milwaukee just because I think you need to have guys that can, you know, do all three, all three things, which is, you know, defend and pass and shoot. So, I mean, again, that's that's probably a good fit. I like that fit better than, you know, the rumored Gallinari look for them. Um, I didn't think that fits just with the way their roster is constructed. They have so many kind of those bigger wings. They kind of played Hunter at the four a little bit last year. Yeah. Um, you know, moving him down, but they have, you know, Collins, but they also, you know, they just drafted Big O. Um, they have Capella. So I, I didn't really ever see that guy on Ari fit, but, you know, I think that Bogdanovich move kind of makes a lot more sense for them. Yeah. And I was seeing a lot because of uh, Gordon Hayward opting out of his player option, turning down 34.2 mil, which is interesting in its own right. Um, I saw a lot of him going to. Atlanta, just because Atlanta has the most free cap space in the league. I think they got like 44 mil this year in open money. So I I think either Gordon or Bogdanovich would be a great fit there. 
Um, maybe more so Bogdanovich just because he's a little bit younger, more durable, doesn't have like the injury history of Hayward. But if not the Hawks for Hayward, where could you see him go? I mean, there's always the Knicks. They're going to throw money at people. I don't yeah, know if that's a great fit for I don't for think him. that's a bad move for the Knicks considering, I mean, depending on how much you pay him. But it's again, it's another guy to take the ball out of R.J. Barrett's hands, make him develop. Um, learn how to play off the ball, like work on his shooting. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward was kind of like had sneaky good numbers. I think he averaged like 17, six and four or something last year. Yeah, um, exactly that. You Nailed know, that. And, and like, that's, that's nothing to like, you know, sniff around, you know, like that's, that's pretty solid. Um, and especially for being the fourth or fifth option on a team with, you know, two kind of stars as far as, you know, Tatum and Brown are concerned. Um, I wouldn't hate I that going it, to the Pacers. I, I think I think the Knicks, the Hawks, and the Pacers would be a good fit for him. I think the Pacers um, would be a good fit. I was seeing something on Twitter from like Gary Washburn. I don't even know who he works for or whatever, but it was like Pacers and Celtics sign and trade. Like Hayward wants to play in Indy. Like Indy is offering Miles Turner and McDermott, but Boston wants Turner and Warren or Turner and Oladipo. I'm like, Danny Ainge is the biggest scumbag in the yeah. freaking planet. I, I hate yeah. Danny Ainge more than anybody. I hate Boston fans. I don't even care. But Danny Ainge thinking he should get anything of value for a guy that's leaving him for nothing, it just drives me bonkers. Yeah, I mean, that would be a ridiculous sign and trade if they were if he was able to get actual talent off there's, of this one. There's absolutely no way. I mean, Miles Turner, like in itself, you would be lucky to get, and they're doing that because you got a salary match and give like something of value. I just don't see that yeah. getting done if that's what they're no. asking for. So to me, that no, sounds no, like, kind no, of like no. a negotiating tool to get the most money they can from the Knicks or whoever, regardless of where you want to play. Yeah. And if I'm the Pacers, I'm not even entertaining that because you can get him just for money, but you have to figure out the contract of it and what he wants. Um, but I would love, I would love to see him slotted in there with Depot and TJ Warren. Yeah. Just, and, you know, big bodies, guys that can shoot, handle the ball and, you know, that team would actually have as well. Yeah. Like that team's pretty nice. Sabonis, like one through five, yeah, Sabonis, they're was, solid. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I guess the top available free agent is probably Fred Van Vliet. I've seen a lot of things that the Raptors are going to offer him max money. The Knicks are going to go after him a little bit. I don't see him leaving Toronto. I, I mean, he's come out and said he wants the bag. Like he wants to – get paid like he's chasing Which, the money i mean he signed a shoe deal with the nike uh whatever not the nike brand the chinese brand leading yeah. or whatever i'm like yeah dude's trying to get paid this off season yeah so that being said i mean where do you see him going i mean if he's going for money then it's probably the hawks but i can't see the hawks going after a point guard with trey young there i mean the it Knicks, maybe. probably comes down to the knicks and the Raptors, because I mean, all of the teams that he was potentially going to go to or could have gotten paid from, like Phoenix traded for Chris Paul, like Detroit just filled up all their cap space, as we've just seen. You know, kind of money's drying up as far as he's concerned. So he's got to kind of play his cards right and figure out who's going to pay him sooner than later. Um, I mean, for him, if he wants to run a team, it's obviously the Knicks, and that's probably where the bag is. But as far as like coming from somewhere and, you know, growing, like he's obviously in a great situation in Toronto where a team he's comfortable with, you know, obviously he plays well with Lowry. I, I mean, I wouldn't leave, but that's, 
you know, I can't say that when there's $25 million in my face. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if he wants to win, I'd stay in Toronto. If he wants the money, I'd stay in New York. But if he did go to New York, that would be exactly what we were just talking about, getting a veteran guy to handle the ball and make some plays and take the burden off of other young forwards. The Knicks might even have enough cap room to get him and Hayward, depending on how much money they're looking at. And that's that kind of fills out their starting lineup nice. And and I don't think at this point in the NBA, I don't think you can tank. I know like OKC is going to go all tank. But, I mean, that lottery odds are so whack now. You can, you know, if you don't have the resources that have set you up to rebuild like OKC has where they can flip every dude for a future first and just load up and then they're taking 12 swings in one draft, you know, you kind of have to play with the ability to develop guys. And, you know, as, as far as surrounding RJ Barrett and Obi with, you know, strong veterans who can kind of go in there, show them how it's done, make sure, you know, the game's being played the right way. I think those are good fits. Yeah, I mean – you can't count on getting a top three pick anymore every single year. It's just, I mean, the Sixers ruined that for everybody with uh, how blatant they were with tanking. And, I mean, it makes the NBA more competitive because you see less teams trying to go after just like. I mean, and teams that are probably in. should be, you know, slowing up and they're, you know, slowly taking their rebuild like the Hawks are going for guys like Bogdanovich or, you know, Gallo or whoever they're going for, you know, Rondo. And yeah. You know, it, it makes them develop, it makes them compete. And I think that this, and, you know, it, it makes it more fun because, you know, you're not looking at every game as just roadkill, which is, you know, keeps, you know, the fans interested. Right. And you're getting that good mix of young guys that are going to be stars with old veterans who were stars and kind of helped these teams along where that's what happened in OKC last year. Everybody thought they were just going to tank and Chris Paul was going to be flipped at the deadline or he wasn't even going to play a game there. And that team, took a huge step forward and I wouldn't be surprised if they still are competitive this year, even with all the moves that they're making. I mean, yeah, but if they wanted to be still- kind of competitive, they would have kept Uber. They would, you know, they would have kept a couple of those guys instead of just yeah. calling people off for first. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like top five in the West, like, but like anywhere no, from like and nine I think to 12. Chase good. I mean, like, I don't, you know, obviously they, they still have talent, but you know. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting, but um, looks like Patrick Patterson going back to the Clippers. I mean, it's not really a big deal, but no, I mean, not a big name. I mean, like, and you're not going to see anybody totally big sign this off season for the most part. It should be kind of some shuffling of the deck. I mean, obviously it'll be interesting to see how many years AD signs for, um, just as far as like, are they going to try to make a move? I think they have clear cap space next year. I think it's kind of how they lined up all their deals. So, like, they could swing at somebody next year. Um, it would be interesting. I mean, like, you know, or does he just bounce? I don't think he's going to bounce. But, uh, you know, that'll be interesting to see, like, how many years he signs for, kind of what, how he structures this deal. Does he do, like, the Paul George or, you know, one-year, two-year, you know, make 10-year vet kind of yeah. guy. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does do that, like, more money, less years like a three-year deal or something like two-year player option third for a, a max contract just because then you get back out in the market when you're a 10-year veteran and you get that even bigger bump yeah and we don't know how long lebron's gonna be i mean i'm not gonna count him out i'm not gonna say he's gonna retire anytime soon but you don't know how long he's gonna stay in la i mean he could play another two years in la and be like all right i've done this now you get another challenge, challenge yeah. you know so so I think he'd be smart to take a less year or less length, more money type of deal. Um, but let's 
let's talk about some of these like super. Ma- so let's talk. Let's talk Milwaukee. Let's get into it. Oh, you know, right, I yeah. mean, Giannis is up for the super max this year. I think it's like two hundred and three mil, something like that. Sounds about so right. So they they just made the trade for J- Drew Holiday, which is a great trade. I mean, Drew Holiday is I one of the top trade. top ten point guards in the league. One of the as if, far as going not, to the playoffs, giving you another creator, I mean, like, arguably, Middleton was probably their best player in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. considering he's the only one that was creating his own offense. Um, you know, it gives you another creator. It gives you, you know, a two-way player, which he's probably probably the best defensive point guard in the league. Yeah, I was going to um, say, if not the best, one of the best two-way point guards in the league. Yeah, and... and Especially when I thought that trade for Bogdanovich was going through, I was like, that's a nice lineup. I mean, we talked about it. Um, yeah. You know, I was kind of excited about it. But the Cavs get do down now this have, rabbit hole. Let's get into this Cavs rabbit hole that you were texting me about. Bucks 2022 unprotected draft pick. And as a, just a huge small market guy, I would love to see Giannis stay. But now, oh, I I am full conspiracy. Cavs could end up with the you know like the Boston Brooklyn Jason Tatum pick because of this whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Because if Giannis doesn't sign this supermax and bounces after this season, that twenty twenty two not signing. Then. No shot. And, you know, in, in this theoretical situation. Yes, in this hypothetical. So Drew Holiday is traded there, doesn't sign an extension, says, like, I'm going to play out this year. I'm going to see how this goes, which is, I think, the smart thing for him to do because there's unless Giannis signs this Supermax tonight, there's so much uncertainty about what's going to happen in Milwaukee. Because mm-hmm. if Giannis doesn't sign that Supermax and things go the way they did the past two years with Milwaukee where they're really good in the regular season – and they don't do shit in the playoffs, which I think is going to happen again. I just don't see them doing anything, winning a championship. I still think they're going to bounce. Yes, yes. Drew Holiday is a massive upgrade from Eric Bledsoe, but there's still one thing missing. And I I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's another bench guy. I don't know if it's another veteran presence. But there's just something that is, there's a void there that I just can't figure out what it is. I, yeah, but, so I don't, and it's still like, you know, obviously you got to put shooting around Giannis. You know, Middleton's the guy that was like your go-to bucket getter in the playoffs. Like, Drew Holiday can do that, but he's not like that guy that you're, you know, if that makes sense. Like, he can do it, but that's not like who he is. So he's not going to be a 23-point like, scorer. He's going to be a 17-18 a night guy, which is what, that, which is what he which is. is. Like, you're not going to expect him to go out and do more. Which, but if you throw another body like a Bogdanovich out there who can create his own shot, who you know plays with the ball in his hands, like I was like, man, that you know that just gives them a lot more options, and it gives them the way to go out there and compete. And as far as when a series gets slow and you know at the end of the game you got to make you know create your own buckets, like I thought that was going to be a really good look for him. And now they just don't think they're going to have that. So no, and like could, I mean, it could potentially have some pretty big ramifications if that deal is again that sign trade's not happening and it kind of yeah. you know, shams tweeted earlier that you know they had stopped their pursuit of them i don't know who they can really go after to kind of replace what they were kind of trying to work towards 
But maybe I mean a Joe Harris, a Davis Bertans, but they're going to want big money, and I don't know if yeah, Milwaukee I has that. To spare. I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't give it to either of those guys if I'm Milwaukee because you're trying to save all that money for Giannis and Drew. Yeah, I, I don't think but, either of those guys are leaving their situations. To be honest, no. I, I mean Davis more than Joe, but I, yeah, I think they're both. I I don't. Yeah, my thing I mean, is I like that was like Brooklyn. the Bogdanovich thing was kind of like the perfect storm. It was like a guy who kind of just didn't have a role anymore. Well, I mean, he played a nice role for the Kings, but like they just had already paid Buddy Heald. They already have Fox. You know, like that was kind of like the perfect storm where we can scoop in, get this guy at like a pretty reasonable deal. Um, now it's kind of just like who are you gonna really find? I mean, maybe there's someone out there I'm missing, but if it falls apart. My Cavs are set up for 2022. Yeah, and uh, d- speaking of the Kings, De'Aaron Fox just signed a five-year, $163 million max extension. It's good with money. With clause to reach the super max of 195.6. So everybody's so, I mean, saying Hitt- that he'll he get wasn't going to be. Get that. I mean, Don Mitchell will get that. I don't know. I mean, like. I don't think John Collins gets a max. No, but I think he gets a big deal. I mean, not definitely not a super max. Or do you think they end up shopping him at some point? I, if I'm Atlanta, I'm shopping him this this season. But I don't know if, if they had actually. I mean, if they go through potentially make an offer to Gallo, I would think that John Collins becomes available at some point. Yeah, I would too. But if I'm another team. And they're shopping him at the deadline, then you know they're not going to resign him. So I wouldn't give up assets for him. Like if I'm yeah, if I'm a team that's like two or three pieces away, yeah, yeah. Unless but, you're unless you're the Celtics, you think that everyone yeah, just I mean, dying to play in Boston, then all their fans think you're obligated to just hand people over to them. You have to give up something to get something in the league. Yeah, which is just the worst fucking thing. Um, but they're going to have some – I mean, Boston's going to have some decisions to make in the next couple of years too with Smart coming up for an extension. You're going to have – well, I think he just signed – but he's going to want more money at some point. You're going to have Jalen Brown and Tatum coming up for extensions in the next two years. And suppose so, we mean, were shopping Kemba at the, some, at the draft to try to move up, which if I'm Kemba, I'd be pissed if I heard that. Yeah. I mean, Kemba was their best player in the playoffs this year. I mean, their most cons- – I mean, Tatum – was their best player, but Kemba was their guy that when you need they needed a basket, he was the one that was like, Okay, I got, got this. You. Yeah. So that's um, I mean I I mean again, so much bias coming from me, but I, I think that's I just mean I hate Boston too. I, yeah. Yeah, we, we both hate Boston. We're very anti Boston on this this podcast. I, I don't like um, Danny Age, I don't like Bill Simmons. Who else are you even talking about? Yeah. Fucking what do you think? All right, so as far as, as your your quick takes, where do you think Westbrook and Harden end up. I mean, I, I was going to go there next. So, I mean, Harden wants to go to the Nets. Like, is he, I mean, he turned down $50 million a year for the next two years, which is just psychopath shit. <laughs> but I, I can't see him going anywhere but the Nets. I don't know who else has, like, if, if he's come out and said, I want to go to the Nets. What other team is going to want to be like? Okay, let's take a chance. Let's let's take a flyer because you know he doesn't want to be there. But I, I also don't think Houston has any 
is forced to do anything. I don't think Houston's hand is being forced to be like, okay, well, we have to trade you to the Nets. I think they would, if I'm Houston, I'm more likely to trade Westbrook than I am Harden right now. Like he would be who I unload first. Yeah. But, but I, I don't mean, know who. The big contract. Who, who are you going to trade him to? Like who, who wants Westbrook? Who's going to give up enough pieces to get Russ to think that they're, he's the missing link? Not Charlotte. Now they just took LaMelo. Yeah. I mean, you know, who's again, missing a dynamic point Knicks, guard? Though. Then Nick's going to give money for, you know, that. I don't know. Right, and if if I'm Russ, am I being like I, yeah, let's trade me to the Knicks. That's where I want to be. That, that doesn't add up to me. I mean, did you see the potential? Like they talked about an Aaron Gordon for Russ trade, but it like didn't get very far. That actually wouldn't have been a bad spot. Orlando for Russ. Yeah, it wouldn't have been bad, but I just I mean Orlando has a lot of holes. I feel like, and I don't well, know how well to go around him, but. No, and I don't know how the Markel Fultz, Russell Westbrook backcourt gets along. That, that would have been the problem. Yeah. But. I mean, maybe if you're Indiana and you know Depot is kind of like, hey, I'd. I mean, he said to other guys, like, hey, can I play for your team? If you're Indiana, maybe you go Depot for Russ with a couple other things mixed in. But McDermott. Again. Yeah, yes. I, yeah. But my thing is, I don't know. Depot is such a diva. I don't think, I don't I don't think, think he has any value. Indiana has that money. No, and I don't think he even looked like the same guy last year. I mean, a torn quad is like no joke as far as coming back no. from that. It's like yeah. torn Achilles is number one, like worst thing to come back from. And then it's like a torn quad just like doesn't recover. And that's, you know, like the second worst thing. I'd rather tear my ACL. Yeah. Not really. Though. I don't want to tear yeah. my ACL. Yeah, like, like, a, like an Achilles quad or like calf is just like, the kiss of death for basketball. Cause that's all your explosiveness right there. Yeah. But, but where, I mean, where do you see Harden and Russ shaking out? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Har- if Russ sticks in Houston and they, they move Harden. Yeah. I mean, I but, don't, I mean, the team I would like to kind of see make a move for him would be like the Pelicans. For Russ or Harden? For Harden. Cause you could potentially just throw some picks that you got for the AD deal. I mean, if that's somewhere he wanted to be, like obviously you're kind of taking the ball out of some guy's hands and it probably doesn't go well. But I mean, obviously they got a haul for Holiday as well. But that's like the one place where at least you could put him with talent. Um, I mean, maybe Brooklyn ends up getting him. I don't think he trades him to, to Maury in Philly just because I think it's personal for, for Tita. But I yeah. don't know. And, I, don't and I can't see Philly wanting to part with Ben or Joe at this point. No. I mean, everything everything they did lead, like before the draft and in the draft just shows that they're going to give Ben and Joe the best shot that they can, which is the smart thing to do, I think. Oh, 100%. And give them a chance with Doc and or as Glenn. you want to now call him, Glenn. Glenn Rivers. <laughs> There's only one Doc in Philly. Come on now. But, um, but yeah, if I'm Philly, I don't mortgage a potential – like a rising superstar for James Harden because what has he shown you that he's going to be that guy to get you that next step? Yeah. Like he, and, I mean, and again, it's not. It's just like you know the style of ball both him and Westbrook play, so that makes it a tough fit for a lot of rosters because a lot of teams aren't built like that. And they also have fat contracts, and you got to find that money that matches. And there's also not a lot of that out there that's not wrapped up in the team's best players. So no, and uh, and he would. I, I, mean, I don't. 
get the Brooklyn thing. I just I don't get it. Like, why would you want to have if I'm Brook if I'm Brooklyn, if I'm Steve Nash, first year coach, why would I want James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant all on the same team at the same time? Like, all they all need the ball. They would can't you, operate without it. Would you, if you were the Heat, and Harden goes to the deadline, flip some contracts and? Let's. I mean, like, who would who would you give up on the Heat to get James Harden? Would you give up Tyler Hero? Yeah, yeah, I think I would too. I'd give Definitely. up. I'd give up Hero and Robinson. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're not giving up Bam or, or Jimmy, but as far as no, like I think looking those around two for guys someone to give like a premium asset for, like maybe Tyler Hero is the best they could get. Yeah, I mean, you give them Hero and Dragic. Maybe yeah. and then Olenek and Len- or Leonard. Yeah, I mean, and those probably that probably gets you pretty close, kind of like uh, contract Sauer. wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I, I like Karis Levert. He's probably almost our age at this point, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> poor guy. I, I'd rather take Tyler Hero over Karis Levert, probably. As far as just you know, if you're looking for something to build, and you know, you know, you're yeah. like sort of starting a rebuild from scratch. You're not kind of going to build a team around Levert. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, all signs are showing that it's going to be hardened to the Nets. And I mean, like, do you see that going well? Because I, I mean, we kind of talked about it over text, but like, I just, I can't see that panning out for anybody. I like mean, Kyrie I, I had, had it all made in, in Cleveland. Like, he had LeBron and he knew LeBron wasn't going to be there for that long. So like he, I mean, he could have been the guy in Cleveland, but he's like, nah, I want to be out. And he once he goes to Boston, has so much young talent around him. Where if he, I mean, granted he got hurt, but like if he sticks it out and doesn't destroy that locker room, we're talking about probably a Boston dynasty. I mean, but I mean, I'll, like things play out differently. But then I mean, he forces his way out of Boston, and he goes and joins the Nets, and. With KD, which like that's a great duo, but two guys that need the ball. It's all. It's and not then, even about. I mean, yes, it's about the ball, but at some point, somebody has to sacrifice, and those there's some fragile egos out there. Yeah, and who's really gonna want to sacrifice? I mean, they all. I mean, obviously, alpha dudes. I mean, no matter how close of friends you are, at some point, like it's just not gonna work. I don't think. But I mean, it's something I'd like to see, just because you know. Got yeah, and I mean, it's so much skill. They're all, I mean, they're all great shooters. They're all, they can all get their shots off whenever. I don't think Harden's defense is as bad as, you know, like when he actually has to turn it on and throw his body, he's still tough to go through. Yeah, um, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a thick boy. Let's, let's be real. He's, he's thick. Yeah. So, for his I mean, size. but like, you got it. I mean, Harden had to completely change the way he plays. And then are you really going to team play team USA ball in Brooklyn as, you know, not for, you know, a couple months as opposed to, you know, playing for 12 months. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, so if Harden goes there, it's not just like one person has to change their game. All three of them would have to change some aspect of their game. And like, granted when Durant went to golden state, he changed a little bit, but he was still like the dude, like he was still putting up 28 a night. Like, Curry and Clay knew, like, okay, he's the alpha, but like, we're also we're alphas, but we're lowercase alphas. Like, 
we we're still the guys, but you know, we but they don't need they, yeah, they didn't him. need the ball. Whereas, they needed, I don't they think somebody that could create. Whereas yes. I mean, yes, and you know, I don't think who's taking the shot. Kyrie at the end of the has that attitude. That's a great question. I mean, yes. who and who's, who's gonna let somebody else? Are the other two the guys okay with it? Yeah, and are the other two guys okay with them taking the shot? No, I mean, KD got pissed off at Draymond Green for like nothing, for like fouling or rebounding. You think he's not going to get pissed off for Kyrie shooting thirty shots a game, or James Harden choking in the clutch? Yeah, and then the 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 kicker for me was when Kyrie went on Kevin Durant's podcast and was like, "I don't think we have a head coach." It's like, oh. But you guys just handpicked Steve Nash to be your head coach. Uh, he thinks like about you, the world you, in a different way, man. And him being like, I think sometimes I'll be the head coach. I think sometimes KD will be the head Like, oh, oh, that's where we're going. That's a thing. I mean, he does a lot of good things for the community, but the guy sometimes does not live in this world. No. Great community guy. Like, community MVP every year, but. Yeah, God he does damn. a lot of shit that goes like unappreciated, but at the same time, the guy not not from this planet. It gets overshadowed by his Yeah. Yeah. Uh Derek Favors, three year thirty mil to the stay with the Jazz. Go back to the Interesting. Jazz. Interesting. I mean not really. Yeah. He was uh, where did he get moved? He was That's true. In New yeah. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, four years, 52 mil to stay with the Jazz. I like that for him. That's I, a good fit. I hate he watching just, He's an offensive spark plug. Yeah, I mean, he's a microwave scorer, but... Yeah, I mean, he's not good. You know, when, you're, when he plays on a, a team that he thinks he can, he's allowed to take 25 shots, it's so frustrating to watch. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to see everything kind of unfold I mean, in the next couple days. What do you say? No, it's just because I mean he's a good bench, like just volume shooter for him. Yeah, when if when Donovan and Conley go, on, go off, yeah, which is probably like what you need him at. You don't want him going over because then he gets it in his own head, like oh, I'm on, I'm in a rhythm. Time to shoot. Yeah, there used yeah. to be this thing that was he's, like he's got that. Um, there was this, there's this like when the Cavs signed Jarrett Jack and he just came in hoisting. And there was like a shooting, like a shot chart. And it said, I missed from here since sixth grade or something like that. It was hilarious. But that's that's literally they should make the same thing for Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I made one. I made this shot back in back at Mizzou. Yeah. Kids hot. It's like, oh, man. But um, all right. Give me give me a bold prediction for this free agency uh, that like – it doesn't have to be like a hot take. It could be just be like Giannis signs the Supermax or something like that. Just like a bold thing that you think is going to be like the the takeaway from it to wrap up. Oh, takeaway? I, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of the good teams are going to continue to get better. I think it's it's going to come down. I think it's – I mean, obviously with the Clay injury, that's that was shocking and that sucks because I actually like Clay the player. I don't like Golden State. Oh, I love Clay. You know, but um, – you know, I think it'll continue to be like kind of was this year where there's, you know, eight teams that could potentially go to the championship game, you know, or series. And I think that's what we'll see that, you know, the kind of the strong gets stronger while other teams kind of build up to that point. And I think, you know, 
there's so much talent in this league that it's going to continue to be fun to watch and watch grow. And um, the only thing that I think would be kind of interesting, I would like to see would be if uh, Brandon Inger maybe talks to another team about potentially, you know, maybe he needs to get the match from somebody else to, you know, have the Pelicans match. I think that would be interesting, but I don't know. That yeah. Will happen. So. Yeah. He's kind of like flying under the radar. I mean, I guess because he's restricted and the Pelicans really, have the end all be all with him. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if a, another team throws a lot of money at him, does New Orleans want to really match that for him? I mean, I think, they, I think they would. I, I think mean, they should. He's young. Yeah. Oh, he's young. He showed a lot. He's taken a lot of big steps in the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, he um, got, got out of that nightmare of LA where he was like living up to the number two overall pick. And then LeBron came in and completely fucked his confidence. But no, I mean, I think, I think North has been like a pretty good fit for him as far as it just being about basketball. And I don't think Zion's a guy that needs to play with the ball. Um, I think he does a lot of, you know, he does. I mean, again, look at how much he did at Duke with RJ Barrett freaking hogging the ball. I think that's something that, you know, you can kind of work with, you know, Brandon Ingram seems to be more comfortable in the point forward role. So, I mean, I would say, you know, I think he can continue to grow there and have the keys to the car, but it would be interesting to see if somebody else has to kind of make that offer for him to uh, get the, the Pelicans to match. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think my bold, like, thought is I just – I pray that for Giannis' sake, I don't want him to sign that Supermax. No, I don't I, – for my sake, I I, I, yeah. For all, also for the Cavs' sake and that that asset, but like, man, I just if I'm Giannis, and I sign that supermax, and it's the same thing. Like, it's not going to get better because no, you're, all you're, it is is less money in. to play with. Like, you're you're just there. You're going to be a good regular season team that's never going to win shit for the next six years, and yeah. or at least until you can move that Middleton contract. But like uh, small, small but uh, potentially impactful move. Where would you? Where do you see Serge Ibaka going? Uh, one of the LA teams. Yeah, but I think that kind of, I think that could be, be a, big, of a potentially big move. Yeah, big move for whichever team gets him. I mean, I think it's either Lakers or Clippers, and I think that'll depend on. I mean, that'll probably dictate what happens with the Clippers with. Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Like, if but they I think can't he'd get Harrell. He'd be a nice fit. He's been shooting the ball well. Um, yeah. He'd be a nice he's, fit. And he's a great guy to have in the locker room. Great veteran presence. God uh, only knows how old he really is, but guy can play yeah, basketball. I mean, he could be 50. I mean, he's still, he still looks good yeah. for <laughs> however old the fuck he is. But, but, um, no, I, I can't wait. I think yeah. it's going to be an exciting couple of days, especially when you kind of figure out where a few of the bigger pieces are going so the little ones can kind of fall into place. And I'm excited yeah. to see. Um, Real quick, Boogie Cousins, where do you think he goes? Doesn't matter. Guy's got no. freaking two knee replacements at this point. No, but I just saw Shams. He's like, oh, he's getting a lot of attention early on. I'm like, well, is he? Yeah. yeah, you should get a fucking two-way contract because the guy hasn't done anything in the past three years. Besides be hurt. He blew, what, he blew an Achilles and then tore an ACL and then tore an ACL again? Come on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, guy's done. Guy's Andrew Bynum now. Yeah, a lot of talent just wasted. It's just, a shame. He's too heavy. Too heavy for his own body. 
just like Zion. Zion needs to lose about 25. Yeah, or I mean, dude, it's a it, you are violently explosive in that game, and it's going up and it's coming down and landing, and at some point that takes an effect. It's not yeah, how human. I don't care. I don't care how big like or athletic you are; those joints can only handle so much. Like his joints are the same as my joints. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, like happened to Derrick Rose, and he was literally probably a hundred pounds lighter. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, Zion. Zion's thick with K's, not thick with C's. It's not the kind of thick you want. Oh, I thought you were talking about KFC. I was like, that sounds pretty good. Oh, he probably likes that. I mean, he's down in Louisiana. He's probably getting that Popeyes. But um, hey, might grab a sandwich on the road after this. Hey, why not? Best one of the best chicken sandwiches out there. But um, yeah, man, this was fun. Appreciate you coming on and yeah, talking you some NBA me. free agency. We'll get, I'll get, get you back things off my chest, so I'm glad you had me on. Yeah, I mean, we've been trying to get this get this set up for a while, get you on and talk some hoops, but uh, this is a perfect time. Free agency starting, draft ending, season coming up in a month. We'll uh, we'll get you on again soon to talk more basketball once the season, once college gets going and NBA kicks up. But uh, I appreciate it, man. Always, always a pleasure, Stark. Love talking to you, man. All right, catch um, you on the flip side. That's it. Yeah, that's it, everybody. Stay well, stay safe. We'll uh, we'll see you guys later. And, uh, yeah, see you.